Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And if you've ever been to the Mississippi Aquarium, then you would have been at our guest, Dr. Holly Morocco's office. She is a world-renowned dolphin expert, but today she's going to tell us more about her other passion, which is rehabbing beavers. Hey, Dr. Morocco. Hi. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay, and I've been so excited about this just as someone who loves animals, maybe not to the extent as you did because you chose it to be your your passion and your profession, but I just love this, the fact that it's a complete and total opposite. You are a dolphin expert, world-renowned, and now you are also (laughs) loving on animals that I guess, you know, would, would be completely different in the animal kingdom. So tell us a little bit about how you found your love for beavers. Sure. I, it does sound like a, a crazy made-up story, but basically, yes, I love I love animals, and I also love studying animals, and um, dolphins have provided me with just a very rich and exciting career, and I'm so excited uh, to be down here on the coast. Um, you know, I'm just happy to be back home in Mississippi because I've been traveling and working everywhere, it seems, but Mississippi, so I'm just happy to be home. But um, basically, I, um, I, during COVID, during the pandemic, when everyone was locked down, I ended up being asked to raise and rehabilitate a baby raccoon. And that is where I got completely hooked in helping wildlife rehabilitators uh, raise orphan babies. I've always loved baby animals. And um, so it started with a raccoon. And that was just such a fulfilling and exciting experience that I continued doing it even after the lockdown. And uh, here on the coast, I was working with Woodside. I work with Woodside Wildlife Rescue. And Paula Woodside is the permit holder and the rehabilitator that I work under. And it was last year that she asked me, would I mind trying to raise beavers instead of raccoons? And um, being who I am and my family, it's a family affair, I was like, yeah, let's try it. (laughs) So next thing I know, we have three uh, orphan baby beavers, and um, that started me on my path. 
So, and I read where their names are Huck, Finn, and Sawyer. By the way, best best yeah. names ever. And uh, do you have to have certain credentials? Like, I know, Dr. Morocco, when it comes to putting an animal in your care, you kind of meet the mark of at least having a, an understanding of what that would take. But does Paula have, like, I guess, need other rehabbers? Is this something that more people are doing, you know, I guess, like fostering? I know fostering puppies or, or cats is a thing. Is this also kind of a thing for other animal lovers? or is it more of a niche um, kind of area? Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, if there are animal lovers out there, then your your local, we have wildlife rehabilitators all across our coast, um, or, or all across our, our state, and they always are looking for some type of assistance in some way. Um, and Paula Woodside has really taken it to a great level where she is able to set up home-based rehabbers under her permit, and they help during this very time-consuming time to get these baby raccoons weaned. And then they go back to Paula, and she puts them through all of the paces as far as necessary for, for release. So um, especially if you're down here on the coast and you love animals, uh, absolutely reach out to Woodside, and they would be happy to train you and teach you everything you need to know, and you'd be doing them a great service. So let's talk about bringing home two baby, or I guess three, I guess beavers into your home, because I'm thinking again, I go back to what we could all think about would be kittens or puppies would be sort of the same. I mean, is it much different than that to have like a completely different species sort of come into your home as, as something to care for? Or are there starch differences in how you, ra- and I know you're rehabbing them, so they, they may be a little bit different, but in terms of how they play yeah. or sleep or eat? <laughs> sure. So... I uh, took the, when I got, when we first took the three babies, I really didn't fully understand what I was getting into. And I also learned that beaver rehabilitation is a relatively unknown thing. There are people that do it here or there, but there's not a book that tells you everything you need to know. And so I just went to the literature as best I could and read up on everything I need to know about beavers and their nutrition and their behavior. And honestly, what I learned was we have not done a very good job of knowing about beavers. We we certainly know how to trap them. They literally built America with all their fur trade. But when it comes to veterinary care, husbandry, nutrition, nothing. Nothing was known. So um, I leaned into a lot of, of folks around the country that had some experience, including zoos and aquariums, and um, dove right in. And the biggest difference was... Compared to a raccoon, a raccoon, for example, is a, a very, we all know that raccoons can get into trouble and they seem to be very smart. And they are. They're very, very, um, they immediately are aware of their surroundings even as a, at a young age. And I got the beavers and they just seemed completely, I call them dim. I'm like, they are oblivious. They have no idea where they are, what they're doing, and they are were completely reliant on me to show them and teach them. And as time went on, I realized this is not a sign of a dumb animal. This is actually a sign of an animal that takes a long time to mature. And a beaver will live to be 25 years old. It's the second longest-lived rodent in the world. And they don't reach maturity until they're three or four. And they need to stay with their mom and dad and their social group for two years. And so what I learned was as the year went on and as they continued to grow, then they're so much smarter than we ever ever have given them credit for. 
Well, I mean, so I'm just fascinated. <laughs> anytime you can stop water, right? Like build a dam and figure that out in the wild. To me, same with birds that build nests that can stay in trees that can hold your little egg, you know, your eggs and babies. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is fascinating that you just sort of innate with that um, ability to do that and just kind of know what sticks go where or wherever it may be. But I guess the other piece to this, yeah. uh, Doctor Morocco, is Paula finding them because they are orphans. She didn't just go you know snatch beavers out of the <laughs> out of the woods for you to you know to then house so how does she come across these animals that need rehabbing sure um so paula does have her beaver uh permit which is a, a special permit with raccoons and and possums and squirrels and things like that but you are right you don't just go out and find baby beavers in mississippi beavers are classified as a nuisance animal and a lot of times they speak in a sentence where they say wild hogs and beavers are the most, you know, destructive animals in our state. But the difference, of course, being beavers are native. They do belong here. They were here first. And unlike wild pigs, uh, they do actually serve a place in the ecosystem. But regardless, uh, if you are a landowner, uh, it is very common for landowners to blow up a beaver dam or destroy a lodge whether it be a purposeful or accidental. And if they do that during the baby season, then these little orphans who never should be out of their lodge find themselves wandering outside. And what usually happens is they're so adorable, someone on the water, someone sees them, and they pick them up. And so Mississippi has a network of rehabbers that work together. These beavers were found in different parts of the state. They are not related. And the goal is every year to put every orphan baby beaver together so that they can be raised as a family. And so the three beavers came from different parts of the state and um, just ended up, Paula has been chosen as one of the stronger uh, beaver rehabilitators. So she ends up getting, getting them. And then when they're rehabbed, Dr. Morocco, where do they go? That's a tricky part because um, just, you know, releasing a raccoon is, is you, they they're very resilient and you know they know exactly what they're doing um, once they're ready to be released. You can give them some trees and water, and uh, plenty of food, and they're fine. But a beaver is trickier because beavers are highly territorial, and you can't just plop a beaver down in any unknown pond because if there are other beavers living there, they will kill outsiders. And so these beavers can't just be placed anywhere. The goal is to have a soft release site at first where the beavers have a chance to have a pond or a lake or some property um, where they just get comfortable going in and out and while they continue to be supplemented with food. And then once they show that they are very good at at living in that soft release site, then there will be another site chosen. And this is a, a coordinated effort among the rehabbers and among landowners and even the state government. So it's not a not a mild decision. And uh, the other thing that I learned is that beavers, it's actually pretty hard to get them to that two-year mark because they're so sensitive and, um, unfortunately, will die early, um, even under the best of situations, because we simply don't know enough about their care. And these little orphans oftentimes have uh, immune problems or illness problems. And so we're putting a lot of that information together, and I do hope to publish, whether it be a journal or a book someday, about the experience. Dr. Morocco, can you hang out with us for a little bit longer? Sure, absolutely. All right, we got more with Dr. Holly Morocco coming up next. She is mine. She is mine. I'm her. She is mine. Wedding bells are going to chime. Oh, 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 yeah. 
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. We're continuing our conversation with Dr. Holly Morocco. She has become a wildlife rehabber, rehabber focusing on orphan beavers with Woodside Wildlife Rescue. But by day, she works with dolphins. She's a dolphin expert and works there at Mississippi Aquarium. And, Dr. Morocco, I want to talk a little bit about dolphins while I have you on, because why not? You're world-renowned and we know those there on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. But if we wanted to learn more about what the Woodside uh, Wildlife Rescue is doing or maybe become a part of that or your work with beavers and raccoons, is there anywhere we can go to get a little more information on that? Absolutely. Uh, Woodside Wildlife Rescue's website, they're also on all the social media, Facebook and Instagram, but they have a website, and that is the, the best place to start. And um, then you'll have the way to reach out to Paula, which she will be glad to hear from you if you're interested in volunteering or learning more. And she also is a, a registered nonprofit. And so even if you can't donate your labor or time, uh, she would she never turns down uh, some type of, of great donation. So she just runs a fantastic program and uh, go to the website. And check it out. Sounds like I'll get to know Paula at some point here on Good Things too, because that's I think more people need to have know about the opportunity to do that if they if they so choose. But I do feel like Dr. Morocco, yeah. your day job is super cool too. I was telling Rhino before Good Things, I feel like me and him just didn't get on the right boat on like things to do with our life, <laughs> because from you know getting to do your research and all that, it just seems so interesting to me. So how does a girl from Mississippi find herself traveling the world to study dolphins? Oh, that is a good question, but it's absolutely one of the things that I, I enjoy most about being back home in Mississippi is traveling to schools and seeing young people, just like I was, from a small town, growing up on a farm, and you have never practically left the state, and I tell them, if I can be a marine biologist or a dolphin expert, then you can too. There should be, there's nothing stopping you, um, aside from, you know, just not trying, so... I loved animals, and the path took me like every, almost every other person. If you love animals, then you're supposed to be a veterinarian, and being a veterinarian is an absolutely wonderful thing, and we do have a shortage of vets. We need more rural vets, especially in Mississippi. But for me, um, I ended up having an opportunity to do an uh, internship when I was at Mississippi State. Got to spend some time with some dolphins um, at Disney World, of all places, and after that six-month internship, I came back home and said, wait a minute, I think there's other things I could do instead of, of being a veterinarian, and um, started off being a dolphin trainer right there in uh, Mississippi, uh, the old marine life facility, when I gra- graduated from uh, college. So I was a dolphin trainer and sea lions, and then I ended up in Orlando and working with whales and, and elephants, and just, I love animals, <laughs> obviously, it doesn't really matter what kind. But uh, at the same time, I really did have a scientific curiosity about me. And so I had an opportunity to study bottlenose dolphin reproduction. Um, we didn't know at the time much about their cycles or how you know, the, their pregnancy progression and how they cared for their young. 
And so I got a grant, and then uh, I called up my, my friends at Mississippi State and asked if they would be willing to uh, take me on as a grad student. And luckily for me, they said yes. And so that just put me into a whole nother, whole nother world. And um, because I know so much about reproduction um, that I found that there was a need for that around the world um, because we need to properly maintain populations and human care. We also need to understand factors that would influence wild dolphins in their reproduction. And so ever since, um, that's what I've been able to do as a day job, and it's been amazing. Well, and I don't know how much uh, our listeners can help with dolphin reproduction other than maybe if there's some things during our, the boating season or summertime or if we're visiting the Gulf Coast or just, I know, by coming and supporting the Mississippi Aquarium supports the research that you and so many others there do outside of just, you know, um, having the animals there for our entertainment. Is there something that, you know, can be done? I mean, is, are we more connected to them than we may think that we are? Absolutely. Uh, that is something that we, as soon as I got back to Mississippi and settled here on the coast, I realized that the majority of folks down here take it for granted that we have such a huge population of wild dolphins in the Sound. And uh, I think folks here who've never been anywhere else on a boat probably don't realize how special it is that every time you go out into the Sound, you're going to see dolphins. And that is uh, something that's very special. And it's something that I'm trying to bring awareness to that every single person that gets out on that water can play a part in uh, helping dolphins. You know, the basic things like you shouldn't feed wild dolphins as much as we want to feed them. If they're so cute and they swim by your boat and you would love to give them some of your fresh catch, um, that dolphins are, I call them the raccoons of the sea. They're not going to turn down a free opportunity for food, but it also teaches them and every, every, all the ones that rely on them, such as moms and calves and, and even siblings, a really, really bad habit of approaching a boat and begging for food. And so um, that's the first and easy thing that you can do is when you're out on the water, enjoy them, look at them, don't feed them. That's a pretty simple thing. And then, of course, fishing line. Uh, the, those are the simple things that everyone hears, but it is important. Uh, that We are visiting their world, and they don't have a choice. They're living in that water, and so we just need to make sure we're keeping our pollution out, we're keeping our fishing line out. I love those. Well, we have a choice to visit the Mississippi Aquarium, Dr. Morocco. So when we come there and choose to bring our families, what kind of research are we still supporting? Oh, yeah. No, Mississippi Aquarium it is just, we are so fortunate um, in the state of Mississippi to have that resource. And there are just numerous opportunities uh, that our students can participate in there. There's internship programs, there's volunteer opportunities. And then uh, when you get there, you, you know, the education that our education team has put together for outreach and information is phenomenal. It is just an incredible learning opportunity. You can see some beautiful fish. You can see the dolphins. Be entertained, but you will walk away knowing more than when you went in. Which is a good thing, I think, and knowing that um, there's so much work going on outside of it. There's also on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, it's the Institutes of Help Me Out um, um, for yeah, Science. Institute of Marine. Yes. Yeah, Institute of Marine Mammal Studies. <laughs> I'm glad you knew um, it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, you know, this, the world, our world is so small. I, I work, that, 
that facility um, is the same facility that uh, lost their facility in Katrina. So the marine life um, that was there on the port in Gulfport that um, was destroyed by Katrina is, has been re-envisioned as the Institute for Marine Mammal Studies. And they work closely with Mississippi State Vet School, and they really are doing a great job of helping our stranded dolphins, you know, the dolphins that are struggling when they come to shore, or even uh, trying to understand why the animals have died and stranded. Um, there, it's, it's also a, an amazing place for our Mississippians to get to visit. There's a whole other type of, of uh, enjoyable experience when you're there and behind the scenes, uh, a lot of great work. So we're very, very fortunate here in Mississippi to, to have two facilities that are, are each doing their part and uh, something we should be proud of. What's a fun fact about dolphins that most folks may not may not know? Sure. So, um, one easy fun fact is they are pregnant for one year. What? And people usually get very like, "What? Hey, what do you mean a year?" And that's, so, I've spent a lot of my time studying pregnant dolphins and using ultrasound to see the babies as they develop. And the other fun fact is when they're not quite halfway through their gestation. Baby dolphins can swim from one side of the uterus to the other, and so sometimes I will, uh, the dolphins are trained to let me put the ultrasound probe just on their skin. They usually fall asleep during the exam. And uh, the baby, though, uh, if it's active and, and practicing swimming, it will literally swim away from me. <laughs> and that's something that I'll never, ever get over because it's just so so interesting to think about. Think about a baby dolphin. When yeah. it's born, it doesn't have the luxury of being held and swaddled and cared for. It has to come out swimming. And if it doesn't come out swimming, then it's not going to do very well. And so it Those gets started. Yeah. That's kind of like babies. They come out kicking because that's all they do. But think, you know what? Today I'm grateful I'm not a dolphin for many reasons. But for oh. one, it's the gestation is for a four year. <laughs> a four 40 year. weeks is long me, enough. That- that mama dolphin has the same look in her eye as all of us who have had the privilege of being able to give birth. She's like, I need this baby out now, please. But they are phenomenal mothers, and they have um, amazing uh, group dynamics so that other females um, with the mom can actually babysit the baby, take the baby for care for a little while. And I even have a study published where I saw that Dolphins will start nursing for other babies in their group. And so mom dolphin doesn't even have to take on the full role of full nursing. She can pass the baby off to a They know it takes a village, don't they, Dr. Morocco? <laughs> I have appreciated your yep. time, learned so much. Look forward to having you back or visiting you there at the Mississippi Aquarium. But thank you. Thank you. I've enjoyed being here. All right. You guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. And we're down.
can watch good things when you're on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. You can even find us on YouTube. You can also get good things on C Spire TV if you've got that. We are on Channel 70, right next to the Weather Channel. And everybody said, it's still hot, just in case you were wondering. But... I was talking with Scary Gary about that, and I think the weatherman's fudging a bit on these numbers. What do you mean? Well, In usually you think of heat index, you think of, all right, it's dead still out there. You don't have a breeze, and humidity's through the roof. So it makes sense that the heat index is a good 10 degrees hotter than the actual temperature. Like 110, 120, something like that. Right. But you look at the weather channel, and highs in the 90s, mm-hmm. the real feel, the heat index, up around 105, 110. It's like, all right, well, let's check the humidity. 50%. That's fairly low for August in the Magnolia State. And what what about the breeze? The wind's blowing 14 miles an hour. How in the world is the heat index 10 degrees above normal temperature when you got a breeze and humidity's at 50%? I have no idea. But it's just hot. I mean, it's still hot, yeah, but they ain't got to exaggerate. We, we know it's hot. I get what you're saying, yes. But maybe, maybe you know what, placebo effect, why don't you tell us it's like 85 out there and maybe we'll just subconsciously feel cooler just for the sake of trying it out. Let's do a, you know, a scientific investigation on it because, you know, there's other useless scientific investigations that happen all the time. Like one I got, things you didn't know you needed to know about Mississippi Revealed. The most loved TV movie couple in Mississippi. Why this needed to be a study, I don't know. But you could you guess? And this, okay, let me tell you, you, it spans the decades of the top three. Like, it's not recent, and it's not Marvel. Let's put it that way. And so if you were to guess who was the most loved TV movie couple in Mississippi, and by that, let's just say it means Google searches, okay? Because that's, that's how they're getting their, dot, their data, people. It's not like they surveyed 1,000 Mississippians and asked them or anything like that. They're going based off of Google searches, which opens up an entirely different conversation on how these three are continuously Google, Google, Google search. Y'all, it's Monday. Who would you put? And they're couples, TV or movie couples. I'm torn between Married with Children and King of Queens. Ah, yeah, you were far off. <laughs> Do you want me to start with number three or start with number one and work down? Uh, start with number three. Okay, number three was Katniss and Peeta from The Hunger Games. Yeah, I just don't see that being a huge deal in the Magnolia State. Nope. So they were in third place, averaging 56 searches per month. So 56 of you out there, not saying you are listening to good things. 56 of our fellow Mississippians average Google about uh, PETA and Katniss. Okay, number two, <laughs> Danny and Sandy from Greece takes the second okay, spot. Okay, I can see that one. So they average 74 searches per month here in the Magnolia State. The good news is these aren't high search amounts compared to the number of folks that live in our state. But still, it's it's just, what are the odds that 74 people across the state, on average, are just Googling about Danny and Sandy? Some of it, it's around um, their songs or like costume or whatever it may be. But right. still, I mean, still. Okay, so the number one, knowing those two, would you like to rethink your guess for the top spot? So it's got to be I Love Lucy then. You would think. You would think. You would think. 
but it's Lewis and Clark. Lu- no, yeah. No, not Lewis and Clark. Not the, um, the Superman. <laughs> Lois and Clark? Lois and Clark. <laughs> I just rewrote every history book. I was book. all kinds of confused. <laughs> like, I know Sacagawea had a kid with her, but... Wow. Uh, yeah. No. So Superman... Louise, how do you say it? Lois. Lois. Lois Lane. See, yeah. they've missed out the Lane part. That would have helped me out. Lois Lane. <laughs> okay. Well, your kid. But is it Lois and Clark from like the Adventures of Lois and Clark with what's his face? No, it's Superman. It's from Superman. Clark and Lois Lane. Right. Yes. They I guess take... they're just lumping in all of the Superman movies and the handful of Superman shows. Correct. And okay. they receive an average of 134 Google searches per month. Lois Lane and Clark Kent, um, also known as Superman, are one of the most iconic enduring couples in the world. And they are Mississippi's most beloved via Google searches, which I don't know if you really you don't know the intent behind one's Google search. It could be out of envy or Malice. They don't know it's sad. There ain't anybody envious of Katniss and Peta. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. But uh, I just thought, huh, the things you didn't know you needed to know about people's Google history in um, in Mississippi. Cindy said, Bud and Sissy. That's the, is that the Married with Children's names? Uh, No, that's Alan Peggy. No, oh, that's Alan Peggy. I'd be terrible at this game. Is Bud and Sissy from? I'm gonna get this wrong. Midnight Cowboy. What's the one? What's the one with Travolta? I think he's Bud. I have no idea. You know, I'm not. I'm movie and TV trivia is not my it's jam. Either Midnight Cowboy or Urban Cowboy, and there's a big difference in those movies. What would be your favorite? Well, movie and TV is so different. Oh yeah. But I guess favorite. Fictional couple. Hmm. Favorite fictional, probably, and this is going to be out of left field, but from Harry Potter, Ron and Hermione. Simply because it was that curveball of the main character doesn't wind up with the main female character. It was the sidekick, Ron, the friend, that wound up with Hermione. And it goes back to reading the Harry Potter books. I remember I got, spoiler alert if you haven't read them, got to the last book, and there's a moment where it's like Ron just makes some offhand comment that really tugs on Hermione's heartstrings, and in the middle of the battle, she just plants one on him, and then they go about their rat killing. It's like, all right, well, I guess we're an item. I hope we survive this. Which that is pretty much like any normal day marriage. That's a good, healthy one. Urban Cowboy okay. as Bud and Sissy in that way. You can let us know your favorite fictional couple that I guess you're Googling throughout the month. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know what these I don't know are. how it wasn't married with children. I don't know. I don't know what these people are looking for. <laughs> you need, we need to get you a hobby if you're Googling Batman 300. 134 times out of the month. I know it's not one person, but 601-879-4395 is the C Spire text line. I was sitting here trying to think of my favorite, but it doesn't really, nothing really bubbles up into, like, they were, they were it um, for me. Like, 
like Gone with the Wind or something? I've never seen that movie in, in its um, entirety. But it's hard to make your brain focus. Like, movies is such one big thing versus, like... Like Iron Man and Pepper Potts? Te- uh, television is such another um, sort of thing. I mean, there's a lot of great ones, I guess, out there. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to think about it. I'd have to Google it. Sort of figuring... <laughs> I would give another point for for realism to the Marvel movies. Was I think it was the second Thor movie when Thor just kind of dipped and went to save the world and didn't even call Natalie Portman's character. So when he shows back up, call it ghosted. She smacked him. Mm -hmm. The kids would call it ghosted. Michael says Archie and Edith. Oh yeah. And Darren says Pal and Peggy are the parents, but Bud and Kelly were the kids. So Bud, yes, but Bud and Sissy were, I guess, a couple on Urban Cowboy. On Urban Cowboy. So that was a completely different. Who names like Bud and then Sissy? That's a. You know I think what? both were nicknames. Ah, that makes. It's been decade and a half, maybe close to two decades since I've seen Urban Cowboy. I can't believe you didn't you didn't pull out one from Friends. Ah, uh, yeah, but the longer you watch it, the more. They all start dating each other, and it's just like, like Monica and Chandler are the only ones that are really like there. Because by the end, Ross and Rachel off again, on again, off again. Then Joey and Rachel for a short period of time. Yeah, it's just all over the place by the end of it. But he's her lobster. But that's usually how awkward friend groups end up, probably. Not always. I shouldn't. Someone's like, hey, we've been friends for decades, and we are not <laughs> switching around. You know what? How long were they on the show? Like, how many seasons? Mm, ten seasons, I think. If they just had written them, you know, it would have been interesting if you went back, and then they got married, and then they just had, like, you kept the story instead of it being, like, love triangles or interests, like, just normal life where you end up having kids and all the drama that comes with that, and you try to raise toddlers in those tiny apartments and then start going to school and all the things. Definitely it. wouldn't have time to be at the coffee shop at totally 11 Totally different. It would take a totally different turn. And, but plenty of content there for humor and laugh-out-loudness, for sure. All right, stick with us. we got more for you up next. Beat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. But baby, you hardly even notice when I try to show you. Song is meant to keep you doing what you're supposed to. Waking up too early, maybe we could sleep. Make you banana pancakes, pretend like it's the weekend now. No, we could put. 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget you can watch us. We are on computer and mobile device. Just head on to Super Talk TV. And this Friday, the entire Super Talk Mississippi team is going to be at the Lloyd's Ricks building on the MSU campus Friday as we bring awareness to CAS, Child Advocacy Study Studies Training. This is a nonprofit nonprofit membership organization that supports and advocates on behalf of children's advocacy centers and multidisciplinary teams statewide. So you'll learn a lot about that. And if you're on campus, come out and see us and say hi. We'll be there from more to that afternoon with the boys with Sports Talk. There's still time for you to get registered to see Guns and Roses on us. They are coming to the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi on September 20th, and we are giving away a VIP treatment package. And so that will give you two tickets to the show on September 20th, a one-night stay at the Beau Rivage, and a limo ride to the concert. You must be 21 to enter, and for your chance to win, you can enter your name at one of the registration boxes is located throughout the state. Just go to supertalk.fm slash GNR to find a registration box near you. And it is Monday, so we got a few congratulations that have been posted over on the Good Things Facebook group over the weekend. I say all the time, if you are on the Book of Faces and not a part of that group, shame on you. There's absolutely no reason not to do it. And you get to see some really cool headlines. And we've got two teens to go whoop whoop to over the weekend. It's not often that someone hits a hole in one when you're playing golf. You should know that that if you enjoy that game but a germantown teenager murphy culpepper he hit one while on vacation with his family obviously they got pretty darn excited but the cool part is murphy has down syndrome and his family says this accomplishment makes him only the second person living with down syndrome to hit a hole in one and just to see the smile and the excitement on his on his face you know, gives you all the warm and buzzy feels. If you want to read more about that, you can head on over to the Good Things Facebook group. And then also from Gulfport, we got a team that's heading to Florida to compete in a boxing tournament. And so he's one state, and now he is headed to nationals. Mr. Remy Hopkins, he has created a home in the Gulfport Boxing Club. So if you're in that community, you may know that name. And he's worked super hard. His current record is 8-1, and one, and so he won the title of Mississippi Junior Golden Gloves champion. And he is headed to Florida for nationals. So I think that's that's pretty cool. I think we were talking about boxing the other day here on good things but more of the you know the um mom kind not the actual kind but it seems like that sport is still (laughs) although we feel like sometimes we should just get in a ring and and sort of go for it but to relieve some stress but no that's that's real boxing that takes uh, extraordinary talent and so congratulations to to both of those and we'll be following remy to see how he does do you say it in a national cage on the national is it stage or it's in it the ring? It's in the ring, so it's yeah. The squared so the circle. Skate cage is for the like that's the octagon. That's, yeah, that's something different. Okay, that's the ultimate fighting. That's the ultimate the MMA. The MMA, yeah, that's scary. That's real aggression. Yeah, so, but hey, there's a, there's a sport for everybody. I mean, there's still rules, but yeah, it's a lot more uh, martial. Martial, yes, grapple, if that's what they call it. Which is also pretty big here in our state, too, if you're, I guess, if you're interested in that. I don't know. But if you're interested in good headlines, head on over to the Good Things Facebook group. We can hook you up there with those as we see them. Over on the text line, y'all are keeping the conversation with your favorite fictional couple, whether it's TV or movies, based off a 
nuisance of a research study that came out, but at least it was good conversation for sure. We've got several for June and Ward Cleaver, and then Oliver and Jenny in 1970 Love Story. And then Ray on the Coast says Rick Blaine and Elsa Isla Lund of Casablanca. Y'all going way back in the Wayback Machine. I guess they don't make couples like they like they used to. But, you know. They also got a vote for Kevin and Wendy from the Wonder Years. Yes. That is true. I still like, I think when, I think when you place something like your favorite instead of a favorite is how you pose the question. Because a favorite means whatever comes to mind, you just say that first. But someone like me who has to mull over things and overthink it, when you ask for my favorite, then it takes me, like, uh, I have to go through the whole ruling out process, weighing all my options, really thinking about it before I can give you, like, a definitive answer because you asked me for a favorite. Still nothing's really coming to mind. Not even the Adams family? No. They were pretty dysfunctional, though. Lots of love, though, in their own quirky way. We got lots of love for you, too. You really do make good things great, so thank you for chiming in. But you got Sports Talk Mississippi coming up next from 3 to 6. But Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.